Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Subscriptions are becoming more popular than ever on Shopify, and there's one app we always recommend to customers when they need to run them, and that's the Recurring Orders app from Bold. Like all Bold apps, it's quick and easy to set up, packed full of features, but they just added a super cool feature that I think is the absolute deal sealer for me. They call it cancellation management, and basically it stops your customers from canceling their subscriptions by offering them great incentives. So if you've ever tried to cancel your cable account, you know what I'm talking about. You say, I want to cancel my account. And they say, all right, what if we offered you, say, a free month of service or extra channels or a discount? Would that change your mind? Bold has built that into this app as an automatic feature, and I think it's a really awesome way to save that predictable recurring revenue provided by your subscriptions. So if you want to try it out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. So if you've ever used the Starbucks app, you know how addicting their loyalty program could be. I gotta get those stars. And what if you could bring that same gamification to your own store? With Bold Apps loyalty points, you can. It's the first true loyalty points app for Shopify, where customers can earn points when they shop and redeem them when they buy. It even lets you create loyalty member tiers that earn and redeem points at different rates, just like Starbucks. So if you want to try loyalty points out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast, recording live from, not live, but recording from EthCycle headquarters outside Chicago. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, Shopify Plus expert, and today, delegation enthusiast. So what do I mean by that? So um, you know, when you start off, many people start as, as solopreneurs. Very, it's very rare to find someone who's like, yeah, I started my business with my business plan and immediately hired 10 people. Certainly those people exist, um, but it's not the majority and it, it wasn't me. Um, for sure. And once you've, you've been building a business where you do everything, whether it's you know, vacuuming the floor or you know, writing $10,000 checks, it's hard to let go. It's hard to delegate. But it's absolutely necessary, I think, if you want to scale and grow a business. And tr- truthfully, that's not necessary for everybody. Don't feel guilty if you don't want to do that. Um, but if you want to start scaling, you also have to start letting go. So today joining me is Connor Gillivan. Did I, is it Gillivan? Yep, that's correct. All right, wait, shh, quiet you. Uh, it's Connor <laughs> Gillivan. I knew how to say that. Um, he runs freeup.com. That's free with three E's. But he emailed me and he told me he's got this extraordinary entrepreneurial journey where he started in college. He's a serial entrepreneur and he's uh, run um, e-commerce businesses and has sold $20 million on Amazon, which <laughs> is, is really a skill no matter who you are, um, but is also the the author of, oh geez, what is the title of your, of Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrap Million Dollar Companies. So I'd love to talk about his journey today and his ideas around, you know, practical ideas on how people can, can uh, delegate um, and then ultimately be able to scale their business or even just give themselves more free time. Connor, hello and welcome. Kurt, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to, to chat today and, and give a little insight to the listeners. So you're you're a young guy. You're 27. You started in college with your first e-commerce business. Um, so did I, but mine did not scale quite as well. I was just selling bootleg T-shirts and didn't know they were bootlegged on eBay. Um, <laughs> and but you went 
you know, you started and built a business selling $20 million at Amazon. How did that start? Yeah, of course. So uh, my current business partner now on FreeUp, his name's Nathan Hirsch. Um, him and I started in college realizing that there was just a problem on campus. We saw that um, students were getting ripped off by the bookstore at the end of every semester. So they might, at the beginning of the semester, buy a book for 200 and then they go back to sell it, and the bookstore offers them $10. Um, so we, we kind of found a, a nice little niche of students who wanted to sell their textbooks back for more money. They sold them to us. We started experimented with, with listing and selling those products on Amazon.com. Um, and and that, that whole process kind of snowballed. Um, we, as Amazon was expanding into new product categories, such as toys and baby products, to try to capture the mom and dad market that was becoming more familiar and comfortable buying products online. Um, we followed them into those product categories, built dropship relationships with over a thousand um, manufacturers around the United States, um, and developed software to manage their products and sell them effectively on Amazon. Wow. <laughs> so not only were you building, you know, you're in a college dorm room, you saw a need, you saw a pain or problem, which I love, great way to start a business, said, I can do better at this, implemented it, and then developed your own operations along the way, software to scale that business. Absolutely, yeah. Quite extraordinary. And on top of that, you never even had to go find, you never, you didn't have to design, create, or get product. Um, you were reselling mm. other, other products. This phenomenal idea. Truthfully, uh, so here's a good one. Um, you're not the first person I've, I've heard with a similar story. There's mm -hmm. a, another Shopify entrepreneur. This is totally a rabbit hole. Another Shopify <laughs> entrepreneur, I cannot say who, but a, a popular successful one, whose first business was in college. He and his roommate pooled their money, bought a used photocopier, and then were <laughs> photocopying textbooks and selling the photocopy textbooks for a year and ended up splitting $60,000 in profits that he then wow. used to buy a Volkswagen Passat. Uh, it wasn't me, but it was a it was a Shopify store owner. <laughs> Your That's approach awesome. uh, much more legit and far more scalable. So, um, okay, let's see. What am I looking at here? Um, so, once you built, what kind of pains or problems did you run into scaling a business to twenty million dollars? So you say like, because selling used textbooks online is not that hard. Like I used to do that, but I was only selling my own textbooks. It's once sure. you get into um, you know, doing things at, at scale that it gets difficult. Definitely. Yeah. So one of the, one of the biggest challenges we ran into as we were starting to expand the company and, and work with different suppliers was, um, product management. And this is, this is probably an issue that a lot of Shopify store owners may run into as well as they're bringing on new products, bringing on new suppliers. Um, so one of the, the main issues that we had was, you can go to um, a supplier and form a dropship relationship with them. And all these different suppliers, depending on their technical um, teams, pretty much, will have different ways that they can communicate their product information to you. Um, and when I say product information, I'm talking, you know, product titles, descriptions, um, UPC codes, ISBNs if it's books, your images, um, really anything that has to do with that product that's going to go up on your store or, up, you know, up on Amazon and they're going to send that to you. So people would send it to us in Excel files, which was easy to work with. They may send it to us through um, a CSV file, obviously, that, which is easy to work with. But then some would send it to us in PDFs, um, where we would have mm. to actually take that information um, and then transfer it over. 
Um, so as we were trying to do this on, at scale, um, and we were eventually selling um, over 500,000 products on Amazon, we, we had to come up with a system to take their products out of their template, put it into our own, and then um, push it up to Amazon's marketplace and make sure that everything happened very um, smoothly there. Um, so I would say that was one of our biggest struggles at first, was coming up with that system to template out the product data into uh, our own data that could then be pushed up to Amazon. So, uh, okay, so you had this, this data entry issue, and you solved mm-hmm. it with software. Um, it sounds like a lot of your focus is on hiring. At what point were you hiring in this, in this business, especially running it from, your, from a dorm room? Definitely. So when we were running out of our dorm room, um, in those, that first year that we started the business, we were um, hiring a good amount of just friends from college who were looking for jobs as well. Um, and, and we were in, at those times, we were just learning a lot on the fly, you know, failing as we were going, um, trying to figure out the best way to identify people that could really help us grow the business in the different areas that we needed. Um, it was it was when, right when we got out of college that we started to get more into um, recruiting and hiring um, remote freelancers from around the world. Um, so we were using websites like Upwork um, and what used to be Odesk and Elance before they merged into Upwork. Um, and, and we were you know, creating job postings for anything that could help us. Like I was saying in product management, there was always that someone that needed to transfer the product data over. We would hire someone to come in and, and do that work for us. Uh, when it came to fulfilling large amounts of orders every day, um, we hired someone to come in and, and we created a system and process and put them into that. Um, once we had you know, a lot of customer service inquiries, we were looking to find people who could come in and, and manage those systems for us. Um, so as, as we got going out of college, we, we ended up you know, building up a team of about um, 30 remote freelancers who are helping us just you know, make the business grow on a day-to-day basis. So when you say hiring, it doesn't have to be like a local full-time employee. You're hiring uh, 1099 contractors remote? That is correct, yep. And what do you, between the two, so whether I'm hiring a W-2 employee, meaning someone I'm paying a salary, or yep. I'm hiring a, uh, a 1099 employee, meaning a contractor, uh, you know, what, are, what are the advantages and disadvantages there? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so we did both with Portalite. Um, we had a team that was pretty much split. We had some. We had an office with full-time employees, um, and then the other half was remote, um, and, and they were part-time to full-time. But they were there. We were paying them on 10.99 contracts, just hourly rates. Um, so I think the advantage of people having people in house um, is that you know you, you have more interaction with them on a day-to-day basis, and they're usually going to bring a little bit more of an expertise to your business um, than someone that you might be doing through a 10.99. The advantage to 1099 when you're starting your business um, and you know, kind of bootstrapping it and growing it from the ground up is that you can really manage those people's hours. You can manage the expense that it's adding to your business, but you can also use it to make a, a pretty large impact on what you're doing and create more time for yourself to focus on the growth. Um, and that's the strategy we've really taken as we've built free up. Um, we have about 25 internal assistants, all who work remotely from the U.S. and, and abroad. Um, and, and they work on set schedules within very specific roles, and they, they really help us excel the business. So I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. I know, you know in our business anyway, I like working uh, with 1099 people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had great success with it. Um, I like working with remote people, and I, mm-hmm. I see the advantages of having people, um, you know, of being able to meet with people uh, face-to-face, seeing them every day, certainly is mm-hmm. helpful. Um, but it's not like dramatically better. 
it's a little better. It isn't dramatically better than what you can do with remote people, especially given like our always on connected atmosphere. Like 10 years ago, I think it would have mm-hmm. been harder. But now, I mean, really, like with Skype and Slack, what else do I need? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're the same way. We use, we use Skype for everything um, and we, we just communicate. It's all about communication, right? Absolutely. So you're saying like the face-to-face can be great, but as long as you, when you're hiring someone, you set expectations up front for how you want to communicate together and, you know, the updates that you want to receive, if you, if you can set that up straight um, up front and make that something that's understood on both ends, the, the relationship can be amazing. So how do you, uh, well, what are some of the things that trip people up when hiring out? Sure. Um, so some of the things that we went through when we were first hiring, um, because we went through a lot of failures as well when we started. Um, we, were, we were first, a big thing for us was we were first just attracted to the dollar, um, you know, the dollar per hour rate. So as, as you're running these businesses and, and maybe you jump on Upwork or one of these other online hiring platforms, you might see you can hire someone for $3 an hour and you're, you know, you're pumped to see that. You can keep your costs low and, and you, you, you kind of dream of what it could be like to have a team um, you know, paying them a that team cheaply. of $3 an hour employees. <laughs> yeah, right. And exactly. It, like, I understand yeah. the attraction to it because it reduces risk. Like part of my aversion to W-2 people is it represents mm-hmm. the most risk. Exactly. And so, so we learned from that that you know, those people are good for certain tasks within your business but they're not the people that are going to help you really take it to the next level. They're going to be great for, um, you know, doing things within your operations that are pretty repetitive, pretty mundane. They're more of like a lower level worker, right? Um, other things that we learned was was how important the uh, your interview and your vetting process is. Um, so with FreeUp now, we, we have a whole interview process that um, has an application, two rounds of interviews, and then a test on communication guidelines that we've created um, that everyone has to pass in order to start working within the network and then for our internal team as well. Um, so you, and, you've got, yeah, you have a real focus on communication there. I heard an interesting okay. one uh, anecdote from an uh, uh, acquaintance of mine, Alan Branch from Less Accounting. Well, he sold Less Accounting now. I think it's just like less companies or less films or whatever it is. He's mm-hmm. But Alan Branch, really interesting guy. Um, and he was talking about how he hires people. And they do, I think, pre- mostly remote people um, mm-hmm. in his businesses. And for customer service people, his he would start the interview on Skype, and he'd set like he'd get a dark room and set a lamp up above it, so he was just really <laughs> creepy and in the dark. And then he would just be intentionally awkward during the first call, yeah. just to see if they could deal with like a weirdo from the internet. Like he would make be his own worst customer <laughs> to test these customer service people. And then he, like, he'd wait, he wouldn't email them. He wouldn't follow up with them. He'd wait for Mm -hmm. them to follow up with him, and then he'd delete the email. And then when they (laughs) followed up a second time, then he'd be like, all right, you got the job. That's a a great way to do it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's unfair because the person is being tested. They're like, it's, you know, I don't like that aspect of it, but I love the Mm -hmm. idea that there's, you know, he becomes this, his own worst situation to build uh, and has like a procedure for it. Definitely. Yeah. One, one thing that we do is a lot of the, um, the interviews that we do with people is we keep it on Skype chat, like messaging, because that's mainly how people communicate with their clients in our network. So we want to be able to see that people can respond to chats quickly. Um, their written English is strong and they can kind of understand concepts about e-commerce. And so that's kind of a, a good way to make sure that they're, they're going to be able to re- respond quickly and, and have good conversations with the clients as well. All right. So, okay, let's, Let's try this experiment. 
I'm a Shopify store owner. I'm a solopreneur. It's just me. Maybe I have, you know, maybe I've worked with a Shopify expert to fix something on my store or set up my theme, mm-hmm. something like that. But sure. beyond that, it sounds like you have a standard operating procedure for, you know, how someone can know when to hire and what tax, tasks to hire for um, to to either give themselves more free time or to get really just to give themselves more free time so that they can invest themselves in more valuable processes in their business. Walk me through that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so the, the first step to this and the, the, the point where you want to actually start going through this process is when you as an entrepreneur or the solopreneur, you feel like at the end of every day, you, you don't have enough time, right? You're, you have an endless task list of things that you're trying to do. Um, and, and this ends up happening to every entrepreneur. Um, and like you said in the beginning of this podcast, a lot of people struggle to, to realize that they need to pass things off and delegate. Um, so once you reach that point, the first step is um, it's very simple. You just sit down and you create a list of all the tasks that you perform within your business. Um, so for someone who's running an e-commerce shop, um, you know, let's just run through it, right? So they may be handling product updates and you know image updates on the actual site, um, you know, design elements. As they get orders, they're the one who's going to be fulfilling those orders, whether they're sending it to a dropshipper or sending it to their wholesaler, whatever it is, to send to the customer. Um, they then need to follow up and send tracking information. They then need to handle all customer service. Um, so those are just kind of a number of things that may be on a solopreneur's plate as an e-commerce entrepreneur. Um, and so you want to write all those down, and then you want to order them in um, from top to bottom in which ones are the most repetitive, which ones are not really requiring your top skill set that you use to grow the business. Um, and when you identify that, that first top one, that's where you want to start. You want to go ahead and find someone that's within your budget, um, and you want to hire them, put them on a very strict schedule, give them the communication guidelines we were talking about, and make sure that they're trained and, and able to do the job well. Um, and what that does is, you know, even if it's just one to two hours a day, you now have that time to work on something else that you're great at when growing the business. Um, and over time, you can you can kind of rinse, wash, and repeat that process, adding more and more people to your team. And, and over time, your, your operations become handled by these people, and you stay focused on maybe it's the marketing or, you know, maybe it's the relationship building. Um, whatever it is that's that's bringing more customers to you. Absolutely. Um, no, I like that idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you sit down and make a list where you literally just every single thing you do in your business for a day, write it down. Mm-hmm. And then exactly. at the end of the day, look at that and write down, like ideally put down how much time it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the day, look at it, pick the thing you hate doing the most and yeah. hire that out. Because then you've got like a real emotional drive for why mm-hmm. you should hire that out. And then once that you dis- you do it the first time and you discover, oh my gosh, you know I'm not some I'm not some superhuman and other people can actually pick and pack orders or respond to customer emails, and yeah. occasionally even do a better job than you. Like <laughs> that is just such a eye opening experience. I mean I remember when we picked up uh, our marketing manager Kurt Bullock, and he like the first. The first time he was fulfilling uh, Facebook sales funnels and email marketing setups for me, and he was mm-hmm. doing a better job than me, I thought, yeah. "Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, I, I wish I could do this with everything, right?" Um, and it's just, it's an eye-opening experience the first time you do that. Yeah. Um, so Completely how do you, agree. you know, I got lucky with him in that 
he he reached out to me and with a screencast video and said, "Hey, I've studied what you do, and this is the process that I would do it in, and how I would do it better." Mm-hmm. I got lucky. I did not have to train the man; he trained me. How? <laughs> <laughs> so right, um, you know, I've I think I've just been good at stumbling into and identifying people that I can work well with. Um, For sure. But if it's the other way, it's very it's inbound. So let's say you know you're doing your your outbound hiring where you have to mm-hmm. find someone and you have to train them. How do you train them? Yeah, great question. Um, so this is something that we stress and, and we do with everything within our business too is. Uh, we create training guides for, for pretty much all the operations, all the systems and processes that we create um, so that when you are ready to make that hire, you have those training guides ready to go. Um, and, and one big thing that, that we stress too, when you're hiring and you're recruiting for that person, make sure that they have some sort of experience in what you're hiring for, right? So if, you're, if you want to get someone um, to come in and start fulfilling your orders or pickpacking and shipping them, uh, make sure that they've done this for other e-commerce companies, but then also understand that most remote freelancers work for you know ten to you know sometimes up to a hundred clients every year. So you need to make sure that you teach them exactly how you want it to be done for your business. They should have a good background of the skill set and then and the um, the task, but you're just going to go ahead and customize it to to how you exactly want it done. Very good. Okay, um, and then once you've got someone. You've got them trained. Uh, what are a couple of keys to success to to keep them happy? Because if you've got someone and you're like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I I couldn't imagine working without this person. I'd never want to have to replace them." How do you keep mm-hmm. them? What do you do? Yeah, great idea. Um, so a big thing that we do is we really try to integrate them right into um, the operations of the business, and we set up regular touch points so that we can continue to remind them of where the company's headed. Um, they can feel like they're a part of where the the business is going, and they really see how their their task, their role on a daily basis, is impacting the overall growth of the business. Um, and so, what we encourage people to do is, with all of my assistants, I set up um, daily check-ins. So, anytime that they start their shift, they they ping me. They let me know what they're going to be working on for the day. Um, they tell me if they have any challenges, and we can have a quick conversation there. They do the same thing as they're clocking out. Um, so, they tell me what they're able to achieve you know, where they had problems, we talk about it quickly. And that keeps a, a very good rapport going between you. So they kind of see you as, a, you know, someone that's there and not very distant. And then finally, um, every two weeks, we have, um, we set up meetings about half an hour to one hour meetings where you just check in, make sure everything's going well, set goals for the next two weeks, really give them something to work towards. Um, and it's always a good check in point to just talk about things and, and make sure that they're happy within their role. Very good. Um, hmm. Yeah, man, this got me thinking <laughs> about my <laughs> own business, which is great. So you, um, you know, to help people out to be able to do this in their own business, you have two resources. The first is your, your book, Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrap Million Dollar Companies. I want to buy it, generally, <laughs> genuinely, for myself. Where can I find it? Absolutely. So it's open for pre-order right now. Um, I can give you the link to include in the show notes. Um, and then on April 26th, it launches um, on Amazon in paperback, ebook, and audiobook, as well as on freeup.com in those three versions as well. Okay. So actually, that's perfect. Uh, this will this episode will air the 25th. Okay. So awesome. <laughs> so then the perfect. next day, people can grab it. That's great. Perfect. Um, yes. And... Yeah, no, I would. I I want to pre-order it. It does. It sounds fantastic. 
Um, and we're coming to the end of our time together. You also, you have, again, you recognized a pain or problem. Building your own business, you recognized, you know, the pain of, of dealing with Upwork um, and maybe hiring people from Craigslist. And you thought, I can do it better with my own hi- online hiring marketplace. Please plug that for me. Yes, absolutely. So as, as we've talked through this podcast um, with Portlight, the first e-commerce business, um, we had hired probably close to 100 remote freelancers and had to end up firing or, you know, half of them just completely disappeared. Um, so we, we were really interested in creating a better solution specific for e-commerce business owners where they could easily go to an online hiring platform and not have to spend the time recruiting, interviewing, um, and, and hiring the people. So with FreeUp, as a business owner, you simply come to our website, create an account, fill out what we call our worker request form, where you can tell us the skill set you need, the hours you want them to work, the hourly rate that you're interested in having, whether you want them in the U.S. or outside the U.S., um, and a number of other details. You submit that to us. We go into our network of over 400 pre-vetted online freelancers, introduce you to the best one, you take some time to make sure they're the right fit, you hire them right through our platform, pay them through the platform, manage their hours through the platform, um, and, and it's an easy way for you to find reliable freelancers without having to spend the time up front to do the recruiting. Very good. Um, and did you have, uh, for our listeners, did you have any special offers? Yes, of course. So. Um, if you're interested in um, testing out free up, we would like to offer one dollar per hour off your first worker, um, and that will last with the, the entire time that you use that worker. Um, yeah, that's the main offer that we have today. Cool. Okay. Uh, and lastly, where can people go to learn more about you? Sure. So you can find me um, on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handle is just my name, Connor Gillivan. Um, you can check out my content about building e-commerce businesses at connorgillivan.com. Um, and you can, of course, always find me at freeup.com. And you can read more about me in my new book um, through the links in the notes. Very good. Yeah, I'll include Yeah, we'll include the link to uh, your, your marketplace free up, your personal blog, uh, the info about the book, which I, I'm going to grab for myself. And and we also have your, your social media links in there so people can ping you uh, if they have any questions. This has been hugely valuable. Lastly, last question before we go, because you've said it all, what's, what's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? Sure. Um, so I wish every Shopify store owner um, would, would use this mindset of trial and error, right? So... With any e-commerce business, you're always trying to figure new things out. You're always testing different things within your business. So I encourage all Shopify store owners to look at every single aspect of their e-commerce business and test things. You know, Come up with different hypotheses of what's going to work, test it out, get feedback from your customer, iterate, and repeat that process until you find a winner. Um, I, that's something that we've done with, uh, with both of our businesses, and, and we found that having that open mindset where you're just testing and and getting feedback and iterating um, has really helped us to to pick some winners. I th- yeah no I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think one of the things that people struggle with is giving themselves permission to fail. So often mm. you know it can be a, a mindset shift where you say okay this is an experiment. Well as soon as you say it's an experiment you've given yourself 
permission to fail because you're like, this is a learning experience. So, and that's, once you've enabled yourself to do that trial and error, to try things and accept that like this may or may not work out and that's okay, um, it really, really does help um, push yourself forward, make you able to, to push the envelope of what you're comfortable with. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Cool. Okay. Connor, this has been absolutely valuable. I hope people um, certainly try to get themselves some more free time. I think in, in the U.S. we've become way too obsessed with just being busy, and I don't <laughs> think that's the same thing as being productive. So be smart about your business. You know, see, Delegate those, those lower-value tasks. Ideally, find someone who's better than you at doing these things, um, and you will, you will be happier, and your business will thrive, and everything will be sunshine and rainbows. We'll be thrilled. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, this week I am going to, uh, I'm sorry, last week I went to Shopify Unite uh, in San Francisco. I spoke at, at Unite. And I also recorded some one-on-one um, quick podcasts while I was there. So that's going to be in our next episode. And I think, I think that's all for housekeeping. So we're at, the, we're at the end of our time together. However this audio made into yours, you can find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, sign up for my newsletter, curtelster.com. I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. And of course, if you'd like to work with me on your next project, you can apply at ethercycle.com, E-T-H-E-R-C-Y-C-L-E. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.